What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Keto Savage Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. We have special guest Luis Tavijan on today. He is a friend and a client of mine. We're going to talk about his experience with keto thus far. He's been working with me for about four weeks now. Um, we're going to talk about his progress, his experience with eating carbohydrates in the past, how that's affected him versus how keto is affecting him now. So it's really great information. Um, we kind of dive into the weeds of like what we do to kind of get through the hunger pains of dieting, um, what we do to kind of tweak nutritional ketosis to make it easier to adapt. We talk about kind of strategizing with uh, different meals and foods and eating out on keto, having a social life on keto. Um, so really great content here. I'm excited to bring this episode to you. Um, so tune in, check it out, and let me know what you think. Mike, check one, two, one, two. What'd you have for breakfast this morning, Luis? I'm still fasted. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Keto, yeah. fasting all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Luis, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's up, guys? Uh, so I'm Luis. I'm 23 years old. I've been seriously working out for about three and a half years, almost going on four. Uh, I started keto about nine months ago, 10 months ago, and you know, I love it. Best thing I ever did. <laughs> what did you do? Just kind of give the listeners a little bit of a background here. What, like, what, what kind of sports are you in now? What, what made you want to do keto in the first place? Um, well, I play, I play soccer. I'm a soccer coach. Uh, I've played soccer all my life. Uh, I kind of like any sport. You know, I play volleyball, and you know, just so my lifestyle was always pretty active, but I never took lifting and nutrition seriously it was just kind of like eat whatever you want and just go and play your sport um, and for a lot of athletes that's kind of how it is because you're worried more about performance than you are about you know body composition just because you know that's what sports are about um, so it wasn't until I got done playing so I played soccer my freshman year at CSU Pueblo um, and after that that's when I got into the gym just because once I got done playing soccer, uh, I needed something to be competitive, um, so I wanted to find a different sport. Um, you know, so I started lifting, and you know, I was always very carb sensitive. Uh, even even when I did my transformation at the beginning, about three years ago, um, it was still very hard for me because my body is very sensitive to carbs. So um, when I would want to lose weight, I would have to go very 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 low in carbs. Um, you know, with high protein and low fat. So ultimately, that just made my energy just plummet. Uh, every time I, you know, lost weight, it was just kind of like miserable just because of how I felt because I had to drop my carbs low regardless. Um, right. And that would affect me in my in the gym. That would affect me in sports. Um, when I decided to cut, it would just kind of affect my entire life because I didn't have the energy um, to sustain that much activity if I wanted to lose weight. Um, to recomposition my body. So um, about a year ago, I just I you know I did the traditional bulking. <laughs> yeah, I went all the way up to like two twenty, two twenty five. You know, like twenty five. I was now I thought I was pretty lean, <laughs> but um, I went up pretty high in body fat just because back then, like about a year ago, my mentality and what everybody else would tell me is eat more if you want to get bigger. Right, um, right. You know, so what I didn't 
I mean, I knew it, but I was kind of ignorant to it is that it doesn't work that way. I mean, I could, you know, gain 15 pounds in a month, but doesn't mean that all of that is lean muscle. Um, you know, so when I decided to cut down, um, I, I got, I was doing pretty good with carbs. I was cutting down and then I had a, a point where I just, I couldn't lose any more weight, um, without dropping my carbs dramatically. So I started to feel like crap again. Um, I play soccer basically year round and I, I started noticing that my, that my performance during the games was starting to plummet as well. I didn't feel as strong. I felt very weak, lethargic. Well, this, this so, was when you were bulking or when you after you kind of cut carbs already? Uh, when I started carbs. cutting carbs, that's I bulked, yeah. Gotcha. So and you I, said you I were 225. At, what was your height? Uh, five, 11 on a five good 11. day. Five and five and a half. <laughs> yeah. So you're pretty big, so, pretty big old boy. Yeah, so yeah, I, I bulked up uh, pretty heavy and I started cutting down in February of last year. Um, you know, once the summer hit around like May or April, that's when I just hit a plateau with carbs and I just, my energy kept going lower and I wasn't losing any more weight. So that's when I researched keto. Um, and I actually started with the Vince Granda steak and eggs diet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, so I would do the, the whole steak and eggs for the whole week and then once a, once a week I would do a refeed or a it would it was more of a sheet day. It wasn't a structured right. um, refeed. It was working for me because I was hiking, I was playing soccer. And what I realized is that as soon as I, you know, it took my body about probably a month to adapt just because of the, the weekly refeed. So it, I think, you know, it took me a little longer. Um, what I noticed is that I, I, I dropped a lot of water weight and then I actually started feeling more energized during my games. Um, I, I had more endurance um, and it just started working better for me. I felt better throughout the day. Um, after my meals, I didn't feel stuffed. Um, it was just, it, it was a very nice diet for me. Uh, the food that I got to eat was something that I liked. Um, and I was, I've always been sensitive to carbs. I'm a lot, I know a lot of people have this problem where like you eat oatmeal and you just feel bloated and you feel bloated for like the whole day or you get, you know, you're very sensitive to a lot of like wheat products, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was me. So like, you know, for a long time, I my mentality was the only way I can get lean is by eating you know oatmeal, sweet potatoes, you know rice, just stuff like that. Um, and my body never reacted well to it. So once I started the diet um, of keto, you know I started feeling better. You know I reacted a lot better to the foods. Um, my body just in general reacts a lot better to f- high fat foods, low carb foods. So for example, if there was days where I would overeat fat. I would still feel, I would wake up still leaner the next day or feel good the next day. I wouldn't feel bloated or holding water. Yeah, so yeah, overall, for sure. Yeah, so overall, my body just reacted really well to no carbs and high fat. It's crazy to me how, um, you know, I don't want to say that keto diet is, is perfect for everyone, but it seems like the people that had uh, a lot of extra weight to lose at one point or another, they adapt really well. Uh, you know, kind of like the more endomorphic type, because um, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was endomorphic, because I was 115 when I started, but I went from, I was 230 at one point, so right there with you, um, and I would always feel <laughs> bloated the same way, you know, so like the carbs, I don't know, the carbs is just such, there's, it's just a hard variable to really pin down, um, yeah. you know, any, any different type of carb can respond differently to your body. Whereas like the fats, it's much more consistent. I kind of like know how I'm going to feel that day before the day even starts. And I don't have to like yeah. always be guessing. I'm assuming you're probably the same way. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because for example, now like people think that keto is is some people don't want to do keto because they think it's too picky or they're not gonna be able to socialize. But honestly, for me, keto has made things so easier. much easier because, like for example, yesterday, you know, I went out to eat with my parents. I didn't deviate from my diet, so all I did was ask for what I wanted, you know, which is just make sure I didn't include carbs, you know, just high fat protein. So it makes it easier for me to socialize because I can basically go anywhere and kind of make it make a keto friendly meal. Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad you say that because like people, that's a big misconception out there right now is you know there's not a lot of like keto advertised food you know in mainstream you know commercial mm-hmm. industries and restaurants and stuff. But I mean, you could pretty much go to any restaurant and make any meal keto friendly to some extent, you know. Yeah. So. And uh, as long as you're not shy about sounding picky, uh, you know, you shouldn't have a problem with you know asking for you know if I go to a burger place, I just ask for a lettuce wrap, and they yeah. they're more than happy to do it. Exactly. So it just makes it makes things easier. When I was on carbs, I would have to look at how many carbs, how many fats. You know, right. how much protein. So it, it's a lot more barriers to control than just high fat, high protein yeah, or no, low protein. I, I totally agree. Because like with you, with the carbs, if, if you're eating carbs and you're, even in the off season, you know, when I'm not really tracking things, I can go, I could have gone to a restaurant and gotten anything on the menu that had carbs in it. But, you know, at, at a restaurant where you don't have a clue how they're fixing or preparing it, you know, they might have a rice that has 50 grams more carbs than what you can kind of, like, anticipate yeah. for, expect, or track in my fitness pal. Whereas, like, with, you know, the, the fattier food sources, it's pretty consistent. And yeah. it doesn't really affect you too much one way or the other uh, outside of what you would expect, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel like that's one thing that people don't realize is, like, even if, for example, like when I go to eat, I usually try to either cut a little of the portions a little bit smaller by myself or overestimate on when I'm tracking just because right. people don't realize that just because the website, you know, says that it's four ounces of meat doesn't mean that the employer is going to give you less or more. So it's either yeah. it's better to kind of be prepared, you know, over overestimate instead of just kind of miss it just because you think they're giving you exact because it's not because i mean i weigh out my food and there's times where i think it's six ounces and it's like nine you know so it's just like weighing out food is definitely the the easiest way to track everything and you you weigh out everything year round right yeah i just got used to it man like it it just became a habit because my brother does this too but he he's he's he responds very well to carbs Mm -hmm. um so he just does that if it fits your if it fits your macros just the traditional way um and we both just got used to just tracking. Um, and I don't do it just because I, I, I'm kind of stuck to it. It's just, it became a habit, you know. Uh, he was saying to me, he's like, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Um, just because now everything we eat, like, we just see the, the macros, you know. Uh, yeah. I think, like, when we started, it was just kind of like we didn't know about nutrition, about weighing out stuff. So now it just becomes easier because if I gain too much weight, even if I'm not if I'm not trying to cut weight or gain weight, if I if my body changes, I can kind of see what I'm doing. Uh, so it just makes life a lot easier for me to just track, and just because that way I can make adjustments right away. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like one of those things people are hesitant to start doing because I think it'd be a big hassle. But once you get in the hang of it, like it's actually kind of liberating to track. Yeah, it's just one less thing you have to worry about. And 
I don't know. I like approaching nutrition and health and fitness kind of like from a scientific standpoint. And it's it's fun for me to see how my body reacts to one thing or the other, you know? Yeah, I was actually talking to my roommate about this last night because he he's he's having like a he's starting like a healthy meal plan and he's doing awesome in it. And he came in when I was weighing out my food and he asked he asked about it and I told him about the keto diet. I told him about you know weighing out your stuff that it's it's about more about meeting your macros and just what you eat um, because you know ultimately even if you eat all sweet potatoes and vegetables. If you still go over your macros, you're still not going to see the change that you want, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I was, just, I, I was telling him how accurate it makes things because it makes you it, – it's liberating, you know, because you can – there's days where you don't have time to eat at home and you want to go out with your friends and you can still meet your fitness goals. It's just a matter of, like, knowing how much you need to get of your macros. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think regardless of the type of dieting protocol you're using, you know, whether it's instinctive eating, keto, if it fits your macros, um, the zone diet, everybody would benefit from spending like a month or two, preferably three months, just tracking their macros and seeing how their body responds to that, kind of like what their caloric maintenance levels are and whatnot. And then after they have that knowledge, they're much better suited, you know, going forward with whatever diet they're pursuing. Yeah, and... It's it's funny because it literally I don't know how long it takes. It takes me like after you know after I got used to it, it takes me like maybe five ten minutes during the entire day to track my food. Yeah, you know, and the one thing I get from a lot of people like when they ask me how to lose weight or how do they track your food is, well, I don't have time to be on an app tracking food. And honestly, it doesn't take that long. It's it's not an all day thing like people think. It literally takes you maybe a minute or two, and yes. you're set. Especially with my fitness pal, I feel like my fitness pal has so many foods that it's yeah. easy to find any. I do like their their barcode scanning feature. You know, most of the foods out there yeah. you can just scan. I don't. Really, I mean, yeah. I, my fitness pal is good. So I started out using. I use uh, my macros plus now, which is, is I think it was actually made by a bodybuilder, so it's kind of it caters well to what I'm. Oh talking really? To. Um, you got like a lot more customization features, but once. I mean, once you kind of get your meals figured out and you know what you like and what fits well, you could just copy the day over. So it makes it yeah. really easy. I mean, it doesn't take forever. If I was going to eat out someplace new every single meal, then it would get kind of annoying probably. But I yeah. don't do that, you know? Yeah, I don't do that either. Like during the week, I keep my my meals exactly the same. Weekends, I tend to change it just to keep myself sane sometimes just because I don't want to be eating the same food seven days a week. Um, but yeah, during the week, it makes things easier to just eat the same thing. Um, what are your... What are your go-to uh, meals? Like what's like with keto? What's like simple, easy to get and go? Um, what do you like? Um, honestly, my favorite meal is steak and eggs or steak ground eggs. beef and eggs. Yeah, yeah. with a salad. Like, it sounds weird, but I crave that a lot. Um, I've been eating it since I started, and I still don't get tired. Yeah, steak and eggs, and like having having fat in your in your diet. Like, fat is tasty, man. Like, carbs are good, yeah. you know, everybody likes sugar. But, I mean, yeah. having a good source of fat in your diet, it just, I don't know. I love the taste of big old fatty steak. Yeah, and, like, either that or uh, my fat bomb that I made yesterday. What, so what usually all not. What else oh, is that? Um, so, I'll, usually I try to not, I try to just keep it high fat. So, usually what I just put is, um, just natural almond butter um, 
it has like five grams of carbs for uh, for two tablespoons. Um, I put heavy whipping cream, coconut cream, and uh, Walden Farms, and then I add a little bit of cocoa powder, and um, I just mix it all together. I usually fluff the whipping cream because it gives it more volume. So is that kind of like a mousse? You like put it in the freezer for a little bit? Yeah, so I put it in the freezer and I I put it in the freezer for like thirty minutes. I take it out and I keep you know whipping so, it. Yeah, and then I put it in another half an hour and it turns into like an ice cream consistency. Yeah, they. Uh, I've got something similar that I do with the coconut cream. Um, yeah, what what are the macros break down on that? Um, well, yesterday was a little crazy just because I fasted all day, um, <laughs> so I had to hit my macros, but. Um, on a usual day, it's about maybe 50 grams of fat, you know, approximately like seven grams of carbs and 10 or less grams of protein. So like if you're, if you're really low on your fats, that's a perfect way to, yeah, and it sure. takes away your sweet tooth. Um, this is the first diet, like, like, you know, strict, you know, lose like weight losing protocol where I haven't had cravings in a whole month. That's you know, awesome, usually man. by this time, yeah, by this time I start already like, and it's weird because with keto, I, I don't crave sweets. Mm-hmm. I crave salty stuff. So sometimes all I crave is just more of steak and eggs. I don't crave donuts. I don't crave like food, like the food that they put on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember back then, I like my last month or two of dieting, I would always, all I would do is just scroll through Instagram, just looking at different <laughs> food stuff. Um, oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it becomes like an addiction, you know, especially yeah. when you're eating carbs and you're like at a caloric deficit and you're craving. There was a, <laughs> my, my first prep when I was starving, man, I was sitting on the, uh, uh, the elliptical or the bike or something and they had the TVs there, you know, I like yeah. that story. And, uh, they had one of the commercials come up and it was like, I don't know, some cheeseburger, like fast food cheeseburger with like some girl in a bikini holding it, you know, and she's like, take a bite and like the juices would drip down and everything. All, all the guys were like looking at her and I was like looking at the burger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it becomes that like hard to like not crave food, man. Like it, it's like what I did is um, when I would lose weight during my cardio, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I would watch um, Man vs. Food. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like this, like you do these things, like what am I doing to myself right now? (laughs) Yeah, man, it's crazy what like carbs do to you, man, like, you know, like ever since I started keto, I I did a lot of research and like the carbs send the same signal that like cocaine sends to your brain, you know, the addictive signal. They they do, uh, they have like images of like a, a, uh, a PET scan of your brain where like, They'll, you know, it'll highlight basically when the sugar's there and it highlights basically when you have, you know, cocaine. It's like similar images side by side. Um, yeah. yeah. The science is crazy, man. Like, I'm really taking an interesting or a, a keen interest towards all the, the new research coming out because it is crazy the effect that glucose has on the brain and the and the body. Yeah. Um, and what, like, a lot of, a lot of, like, bodybuilders, like, when I started myself, I was doing a cyclical ketogenic diet mm-hmm. um you know and, and what i didn't realize is like it was working but then I, I researched it and like there's a lot of studies that show that bodybuilders or just anybody that's trying to maintain muscle mass the people that just stuck to keto like didn't change anything didn't add carbs lost more body fat than the people that stuck to a you know cyclical diet you know the people that stuck to a cyclical diet 
lost weight, but they lost a lot of muscle mass as to where the people that were just sticking to keto maintained a lot of that muscle mass. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that. I get a lot of questions about people asking about doing refeed, carb refeeds, and uh, you know doing yeah. the cyclical. Because cyclical is popular because it's it it makes people feel like they're getting the best of both worlds. You know, I could be oh, keto, worlds, but yeah. you know, I could eat I could eat carbs. But yeah. in reality, you wind up getting you know rather than getting the best of both worlds, you get the worst of both worlds because right as you're starting to take advantage of being in ketosis, you kick yourself right back out again. But you're not really eating carbs long enough to benefit from that stored glycogen. So it's just this vicious cycle of, like, you're not getting flu. anything. From yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be like yeah, windows in there where you feel good, but for the most part, overall, it's like not good. Yeah, because you get your body used to high fat the whole week, and then a lot of people. The thing also is that they don't do a refeed; they do a cheat day or a cheat meal mm-hmm. when they, you know, eat carbs. So my experience was I was the same person because I, I would play soccer and go hiking during the weekend so my, I, I would feel very hungry so I wouldn't have a structured refeed I would just do keto for the whole week and then on Sundays I would eat whatever I wanted and right. it was working for me you know body recomposition wise but what I didn't like is like from Monday through Wednesday I felt bloated you know yeah. I just my body didn't react well and then from Wednesday to Friday, I felt lethargic because I got myself back into the keto flu because I I didn't give my body enough time to adapt. Yep. So like, and then by the time I felt better, I was eating carbs again. So it was just kind of like a cycle of I felt kind of crappy, felt okay, and then felt crappy again, and then ate carbs again. So it was it was never like a solid cycle until I kind of stopped the the refeeds. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, man. And I'm sure there's probably, you know, people out there that it works well with. But I mean, I think for the most for the most part, people just they're scared to just go full blown keto because they convince themselves they need to have carbs or they you know need to have that to build muscle or whatnot. But if they would just like push through for like two, three weeks, you know, a month, then they would totally get past the whole keto flu symptoms and then like the light would turn on for them. But yeah. nobody wants to wait that long, it seems like. They all want the instant gratification. If they don't yeah. feel like they're in ketosis after three days, then shoot, I'm just going to eat carbs again, you know? Yeah, like I had, I had one friend um, on Instagram. He he uh, was bulking, and then he decided to do a mini cut, and he decided to try out keto. Um, but he he wanted to try out keto for six days and then was thinking of a refeed again. Yeah. And I'm just like, you got to give your body at least minimum, I, I feel like minimum two weeks, and I feel like even then you're kind of risking it. So I feel like minimum a month to yeah. just get the benefits. Because like for me, when I started even cutting on keto, like the first week I, I felt I started to feel the effect of cutting calories. Mm-hmm. But then as my as the weeks go on, I've been feeling better instead of worse, even though my calories keep getting lower. Yeah. And I feel because that's because I haven't included a refeed in like a month, maybe two months. You know, haven't haven't eaten carbs and. The cravings haven't come. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like people need to give it a solid chance before they actually say keto doesn't work for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think a month. I think if you give it a month, then you will you'll basically know one way or the other. And then after that, it just keeps getting better. Um, like like I've tell people, my my last six months, I've been I've been in keto for about two years now. My last six months have been better than my first six months. But I mean, I was in ketosis after that first month. You know, it just keeps, the longer you're in it, the more your body adapts and makes that the norm. And then it's able to process that fat as a fuel source much more efficiently. 
Um, so I, I think it just keeps getting better, man. Keeps getting better. Yeah, and like there's, I mean, if you actually want to put the effort, you can find desserts, you know, whatever that are keto friendly. It's it's just a matter of getting creative. Yeah. You know, it's not as easy as just going to a store and getting a box of donuts, but. You know, if you really want that sweet and you want to stick to keto, you can do it. It's just a matter of putting in that effort. And honestly, like, I like that. Like, I used to not. Like, I used to just want to be able to go and and eat whatever was handy. Um, but now having done keto where there's not, like, a bunch of, you know, pre-prepared foods on the market, like, I, I get excited to, like, try and have the opportunity to get creative and see what I can make that yeah. day. Like, if I want to mix up my meals for any given day, you know, I'll scroll online. I'll go to some of the websites. Um, I'll, I'll like, I've got a couple of books with different recipes. But it's like, it's kind of cool to see what you can make creatively that replaces the carb, you know, substitute for. Yeah. I mean, I think on Tuesday we're gonna try and make a, a keto donut. You know, so I mean, most people wouldn't even think that's possible, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. You know, I made keto pancakes on on Friday. Um, what did you use for your base? Good. Um, so I, I just used uh, almond flour. Why well, I, I made my own almond flour? I just grabbed almonds and grounded them in the in the blender, mm-hmm. uh, and then I used a tablespoon of pumpkin, uh, egg whites, and cocoa powder, and I just mixed it all together. Um, I would say though, I think I'm just gonna use almond flour from now on instead of just gra- grinding almonds, uh, mm-hmm. just because it gives it more volume when you actually use the flour. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's the same macros. I found um, I found a type of almond flour. It's like for baking specifically. I'll have to I'll have to like send you the link to it. But um, it doesn't have hardly any carbohydrates. It's got fiber, but it doesn't have hardly any net carbs. And it has like a very similar effect to flour because you know it rises more so yeah. than just almond flour alone. Um, but yeah, flour is kind of like one of the harder substitutes to uh, you know get. But they're coming out with more stuff like every day it seems. Yeah, because I, I used the grinded almonds, and because I was I used the YouTube video to do it, um, and their pancakes looked a lot fluffier, and that's because of the flour. Yeah. I feel like everything else I included the same as this. Flour is hard to replace, so I would just stick to almond flour. Yeah, almond flour is good. And then coconut flour, so you have to be careful because some of them have you know, a lot of sugar and whatnot in it. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Pancakes are good. I mean, you like smother them with almond butter? Yeah, I did. I made it like a <laughs> fat. So I, I made the fat bomb, and instead of eating it, I just added it to the pancakes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Pancakes are good, man. But like see- that bread-like texture, you know, that's... That's what yeah. a lot of people miss at first, but then you're able to, you know, get creative with it and make make something that has that same texture. Yeah, like it was funny because I was when I back when I barely started keto. The my favorite food is pancakes, mm-hmm. so I was really craving pancakes one day. So I tried to make low carb cream cheese pancakes. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I completely screwed up the recipe to where they turned out like crepes. But yeah. they taste really good, so I just use them as tortillas, <laughs> and that's probably like the best tortilla recipe I've ever used, man. Because I mean, they were supposed to be pancakes; they turned out to be tortillas, but very tasty, low carb tortillas. So yeah, um, that's kind of what I use. The the cream cheese pancakes are really good, man. Um, I think it all kind of comes back to like you were saying with the flour, because with that, it's not uh, some of them don't even have any flour. You just use straight cream cheese, and you know, like the eggs yeah. and whatnot. But uh, 
Yeah, that tastes really good too. And then like cover that with that Walden Farm sugar-free syrup. I'm telling you, man, Walden Farms is a lifesaver. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Some of their stuff is like like their peanut butter. Have you tried their peanut butter? Yeah, I'll never try peanut butter. I like funny. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna try to be gross, but I I threw up when I tried it. Yeah, their peanut um, butter is not. Stand, good. I couldn't stand the taste. I yeah. couldn't stand. Yeah, it, it's uh, what, not good at all. Yeah, the good thing is like on keto you can have heavy whipping cream, and I found that if you add vanilla extract and a little bit of heavy whipping cream to any of their products, it makes it taste a lot like the real thing. Really, I'm, I've, I've never tried that. I will definitely have to incorporate that because some of this the stuff chocolate. is really good, um, like the syrups yeah. and like the chocolate dipping sauce, um, and like a lot of the salad dressings too are really really yeah, good. Yeah, the raspberry even, one. Is yeah, they're really sweet. The raspberry one's sweet. Yeah. Um, the barbecues are good too, kinda. Well, depends. Like for me, I, I think they're good. Some people don't like them. But. The barbecues aren't bad. Have you? I've I found a another barbecue sauce. I think it's I forget what brand it is. I've got it on my Instagram, but it's really low carb too, and it tastes much better than the Walden Farms barbecue sauce. Um, so you have to check that. I'll send you a link to that as well. But, yeah, I mean it's still calorie, so I I feel like you shouldn't expect the real thing, but. As long as it hits the spot or hits pretty close to home, yeah, man. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Get that taste, that texture. Um, so what? what is a – we'll just keep talking about food because everybody loves talking about food. Do you make a lot of um, – you eat a lot of avocados, right? I used, I used to. to. I kind of I, I cut, cut your cut macros on that, yeah. Um, yeah. And that didn't affect you negatively at all? No. When, um, when I was eating them or when I wasn't eating when you When you were eating them, they, they didn't make you feel lethargic. There's a lot of fiber, um, yeah. a lot of fibrous carbs in, in yeah. avocados. But to me, I could kind of feel like it was kicking me out of ketosis a little bit. Um, no, actually, when I was eating like two a day, because um, I was still eating that, because I was counting net carbs, so I was just counting 30 net carbs. So I was able to fit in like two a day, and mm-hmm. I felt I was I felt great on them. The only thing is that they're very calorie dense. So you know, once your calories go pretty low, they're kind of hard to fit into. I I eat them right now still, but I eat, instead of one or two, I eat like half of one. Right. Um. But yeah, so I I used to eat a lot, you know, of avocados, but they never really affected my, you know, the way I felt. Uh, the only thing is that they do take up a lot of my of my calories. So if I'm looking for volume, I try to wait, try to stay away from, from avocados. Yeah. They're, they're so, they're so tasty. They're so, it's like the superfood. So healthy and so good yeah. for you. Um, and they go with everything. Oh yeah, for sure. The only thing, like, do you know, since you used to eat a lot of avocados, do you have any kind of tricks to keep them fresher longer? Cause I swear I would have an avocado would be rock solid. Couldn't even cut it. And then I would finally get that sweet spot. And then like, Within 24 hours, it's turning turning brown on me. Um, like if I would open one that's good and I would only eat half, what I do is I wrap it either with uh, that plastic wrap that people use for their food or, or um, foil mm-hmm. paper, right? and I would just put it in the in the fridge, and it would it would stay good for about two to three days. Really? Um, yeah. Another thing I did is I would I would make sure that I would buy them not too green, just kind of the perfect spot. And, you know, just time it. So I would just buy them ripe and then just kind of give them time to 
Timing Case avocados is an to... art, man. I swear, I get yeah. so frustrated with avocados because like, <laughs> like when they start getting bad, when they start like turning, they like get nasty tasting. Like, ugh, I don't know. I eat them and it's like I'm eating a moldy avocado here almost. I've, I've eaten honestly, I like avocado so much that I've eaten a couple of those and I still like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not me, man. Not me. I got like them fresh, <laughs> fresh and firm and tasty. Um, yeah, but they are they are a good food to help you with a lot of your micros as well. Oh yeah, they're super micronutrient dense. What about yeah. um, like dairy, cheeses, and nuts? Has that affected your your ketosis at all? Because like a lot of people, it's usually dairy or nuts or you know some of the vegetables such as avocados um, or fruits. I guess. Uh, no, I've responded. I mean. I've eaten all those three things ever since I started keto, and I've never had a problem with them. Um, I do try to keep my cheese, though, to, like, two ounces a day. Like, I don't try to overdo it on cheese. Uh, but, like, peanut butter, um, heavy whipping cream. Uh, as you've seen, like, my macros and my meals, I, I include a lot of heavy whipping cream to fill out yeah. my fat macros. But that that's never affected me. Um, the only thing I would say is cheese. I do try to keep it just under control. You know, maybe two servings a day at the most. Why? Uh, why and is almond that butter. Um, just for me, I feel like I, I was. I've so I've always been a little bit lactose intolerant. Um, you know, it's more with ice cream. With when you're lactose intolerant, it kind of sometimes people just are intolerant to certain foods. Um, so for me, it was like ice cream. I was very so, you know, when I would eat cheese, if I eat too much of it, I just I just feel like I'm holding more water. Yeah. So I just try to, you know, so I found my sweet spot and I feel like, you know, two servings, a serving of cheese a day won't harm me. But then if I eat a little too much, then that's when I'll, I'll feel it maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, cheese doesn't affect me at all, like negatively. I, I eat a lot of cheese. Um, I love cheese. I, I mean, I, I try to eat as much as I can. Oh, but yeah. Cheese is yeah, good. Yeah, moderation. <laughs> That uh, that pizza that I make, um, the crust is made like from almost entirely from cheese, and then cream cheese, and then a little bit of little bit of almond flour, but it is it is so good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so delicious. Um, very cool, very cool. So what else can we dive into here? What uh, so you've been working with me now for almost a month. month. Yeah. Well, yeah. About, about a month exactly now, hadn't it been? Yeah, a month exactly. So. I'm not trying to do this as a plug or anything, but I'd like for you to kind of talk about what you've seen as a result uh, from the strategy we've taken because we haven't done any refeeds yet. Um, your cardio, what's your cardio at now? Uh, 10 minutes, two times a week. Yeah, so like pretty non-existent really. Um, yeah. So like what, what is some of the results that you've seen thus far? I know we haven't seen the scale move that much and that kind of like, that, that's why I keep telling people on keto, they, they don't see the scale move and they get discouraged and they yeah. feel like nothing's happening. But you're like a perfect example as to how you can't judge your progress off the scale alone. Yeah, so I've never been a fan of the scale. Like when you sent me that week, like daily weigh-in, I wasn't like too excited about it just because, you know, I, my weight has always fluctuated a lot, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, so far what I've seen is, you know, my my weight had when I've ever been the leanest, I was with keto. My weight didn't drop below 180. Um, you know, even when I got to my leanest, my lowest weight was 180. Um, now I'm at 179. 
But what I've noticed is that I keep getting leaner and I keep getting stronger. Um, and I'm not feeling lethargic, uh, you know. So the, the scale has, oh, like, as you've seen, it, it usually fluctuates between one or two pounds. Uh, you know, on the weekends is when I've had my lowest weigh-ins. But what I've noticed is that I, I've been able to stay at the same weight, but I, I've noticeably be getting leaner. So, you know, that's why I take progress pictures every week because I want to make sure that the number on the scale isn't right or wrong. I want right. to kind of see what progress is. Um, but, yeah, that's what I've noticed the most. And I was kind of surprised by it is I've been able to stay the same way, but I'm losing I'm losing inches and I'm losing body fat. And, yeah. you know, I can feel my clothes feeling, you know, bigger, like fitting bigger. Um, you know, so what I've noticed is just right now I'm at a point where, like, I'm a month in and I don't really feel like I've been a month in. Um, yeah. You know, I, my moods haven't switched to, you know, hangry mode or, you know, irritable. Uh, my strength is increasing. Um, just this weekend, I was able to raise my deadlift and my squat. My bench is still the same. Well, staying at least a little bit higher, but, you know, bench is my weakest point. But yeah, what I've noticed is, you know, my body fat's decreasing, my strength is going up, and my moods and my energy levels are, are staying consistent. Um, you know, so I'm not crashing. Um, I just feel good, honestly. Like, I don't feel deprived. Just, I'm at a good point right now. What, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say your hunger is? To be honest with you, like, zero. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, and and I think a lot of it has to do with intermittent fasting as well. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when I, I told you a few days ago that I was just feeling, you know, extremely hungry. I just couldn't satisfy my hunger. Um, and then what I did is I started doing intermittent fasting, uh, with the keto. Yeah. Um, and what that did is, is it kind of helped me mentally. I don't know if it just tricks your brain, but when you have two big, big meals a day, um, for me, that works a lot more. It's a lot more satisfying than having three or four small meals. Um, oh, I, I can. So right now, yeah. So ever, ever since I started fasting, I don't eat my first meal until like one or two in the afternoon. Um, so I, my body's like, doesn't feel hungry anymore, you know? So right now, like, you know, at a level, probably two or three at the most. Yeah. But I really don't feel starved. Like yesterday I was feeling stuffed. Yeah. And for, for, for you and, and me who are both like cutting right now to be at a caloric deficit and not really that hungry. I mean, I'm a little bit more hungry than you. I think I've been dining for a little bit longer, but I mean, you at two or three at tops, you know, that's awesome, man. I mean, a lot of people like starving and that's when they start binging and that's when they mess up on their diet and they, they lose hope and they, they just kind of do the yo-yo dieting because they'll get so hungry and they'll gorge themselves and they'll feel guilty and they'll starve themselves and having the keto, you know, it's much more consistent and you don't have those crazy hangry days, you know. And bulletproof coffee is an awesome tool on keto. Oh, um, yeah. Because, so for example, I fast from like nine at night to like one or two in the afternoon the next day. And I break my, my fast with a salad with beef, right? Mm-hmm. And then I eat that. And then, you know, around six or seven, I drink bulletproof coffee. And that literally just calms my hunger. It just stabilizes it. Six um, or seven. I don't know what morning. it is. Yeah, I mean, 
if I have it that late, I have decaf coffee. Yeah. Then I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually like I use the bulletproof coffee as a way to calm my hunger, and it works awesome, man. Like that's what I usually do, and it fills me up for like five, six hours, gives me energy. Yep. It's just a good tool. And there's so many. I mean, there's so many different ways to get creative with it too. Like right now, since I'm kind of cutting, um, I'm only doing the heavy cream. And then the MCT powder, but like in the office, I would put, you know, I, there were days where I put six tablespoons of butter in a cup of coffee, you know? Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it's, I mean, when you put that much fat into a coffee, and coffee itself is kind of uh, satiating, you know, coffee, the chemicals yeah. in coffee make you feel full. Um, so yeah, I, I could drink that and be good, be good for hours. And I think simply the act of eating something and chewing trigger something in your brain that makes you want to eat again sooner and hungrier sooner. Um, so I try to like avoid eating anything for the first several hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's a good point. Cause it, when there's days, like, like you said, like when you eat early, that's when I'm the hungriest. So like mm-hmm. when I deadlift or I squat, I go home and I'm just starving. And when I'm able to just, tough it out and just, you know, just focus on something else other than food, then my, my hunger stabilizes. But when, when I actually give in and just eat all my meals within the first three or four hours, that's when I get even hungrier. Um, yep. So it feels like sometimes it's not even that you're hungry, it's just your mind telling you that you want food. And you, you train in the morning, um, generally first yeah. thing in the morning. What, because um, like, like I've been kind of my days kind of all over the place right now, but I've been training. I've been training fasted lately as well. Um, what are your workouts like fasted? A lot of people are afraid that they have to have a pre-workout uh, meal, yeah. you know, heavy in carbohydrates or whatnot in order to have energy and get a pump. But what do you think about that? I don't agree with it. I honestly feel feel great uh, fasting and working out. I haven't really seen a decrease in energy. Um, you know, I feel good. I feel light. That's the one thing I do like about working out fasted is I feel light. I feel like I have nothing in my stomach, so I just feel right. very active. I just feel very comfortable. Um, I don't even have coffee in the morning just because I go to the gym and then I weigh myself. So I don't want, like, the coffee to affect my weigh-ins. Um, so I just do it straight up, just no liquids, and it doesn't really affect. It takes a few days to get used to it. Once you get used to it, then you can you notice that you stop being dependent on other things to have energy. Because um, you know, I work up work out like at five in the morning. So I mean, so far I I haven't had any any problems with working out fasting. The only time when I do is when I have uh, a problem sleeping. Like if I don't sleep well, then yeah. it affects me. But if if I'm able to control my sleep and, you know, go to the gym fasted, it, it works out perfect for me. Very good. Very good. What, um, do you, you ever having trouble sleeping? Talk about that. Uh, sometimes when I'm stressed, it's not much like, you know, if I'm stressed, sometimes I do have problems sleeping. The past three weeks, two weeks, I've had great sleep though. Really? Do you have any, like, no tricks that you incorporate if you're, like, having trouble sleeping is it like a tea or any melatonin or anything yeah that um, i bought this it's called i have it right here it's called sleepy time extra mm-hmm. uh, it tastes like cinnamon um so if i if i see that i'm having problems sleeping 
I usually drink a cup before I go to bed, and um, it works magic. The only thing is, though, since I do work out very early, when I take those teas, I wake up very, very lazy. Oh, really? Is your melatonin yes, in it? Um, no, it's all natural, but I think it relaxes you. But, yeah, you know, I, I wake up super... Yeah, so it relaxes me. So when I drink it, I sleep awesome. But when I go to the gym, I'm still very relaxed. Yeah, see, um, I, I was having, I was having that problem. I would take the melatonin at night, and then I'd sleep really good, and then I'd wake up, and I'd feel just groggy. Uh, so I yeah. didn't that. But, but here lately, man, I'm, I'm asking because I'm, I'm wanting some advice here, because lately I've been drinking, I think, I think the culprit might be, um, like in the evenings I've been drinking white coffee. Uh, you ever had white coffee? Uh-uh. It's like a really what lightly roasted coffee, um, and... It has like a really nutty flavor, which is super tasty, and it it kind of to me it's more filling than normal coffee because it's got that nutty flavor. I'm not sure why, but it tastes great. But it's since it's slightly roasted, it's actually got more caffeine content than a standard cup of coffee. And I'll get like a white coffee americano, and you know drinking that seven o'clock at night, I feel tired, and then all of a sudden I lay down to go to sleep, and I just cannot stop thinking. My wheels just keep turning, so I'm at the I guess experiment with taking that out and seeing if that leads to some better sleep because I'm pulling all nighter right now. <laughs> I don't want to affect yeah. my workout, you know. <laughs> no, it does suck, man. Um, for sometimes for me, like I actually need. Co- it's probably because I'm. I probably am addicted to caffeine. I don't know because I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. But there's times where I actually the thing that helps me sleep is drinking coffee before. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's like a comfort food almost. Good cup of coffee. Yeah, know? yeah. And especially with bulletproof coffee, like it tastes so good. Yeah. That like I don't mind having that as a meal because it, it's really good. It's really filling. It's just it's good for awesome. you. You know, and, and coffee. Yeah. Coffee is just I don't know. I like coffee. I like everything about coffee. There's just so many different kinds of coffee. Like there's wine connoisseurs and there's coffee connoisseurs, and I'm a coffee connoisseur. That's my thing now. Before I, I would just buy the the cheapest brand and just drink it, but now it's like every week I want to try different coffee just because yeah. I drink so much of it. I I kind of don't want to invest in it. What uh, how do you how do you drink your coffee? We'll just we'll just go into the weeds here a little bit. How do you uh, do you use like a Keurig? Do you just like use a drip coffee? How do you drink your coffee? So just you know the regular just coffee pot, and then what I do is I. Mix in heavy whipping cream, butter, and coconut oil, mm-hmm. and put it all in the blender. I add a little bit of Walden Farms caramel syrup to add like sweetness to it, um, and then I just blend it all together until it's foamy, and that's yeah. about it, basically. You ought to you ought to invest in a French press. Um, I saw those, those at Barnes and Noble. I was gonna buy one. Yeah, they're they're worth it, man. Like I'll I'll drink. Um, I, I got like the the larger one. But I'll drink one of that, uh, one of those, and it's perfect size for like the a bulletproof coffee. Um, but yeah, you get your, you get that, and I, I think you can get a decent one for like less than twenty dollars. Um, yeah, they cost thirteen at Barnes and Noble. They're pretty cheap. Yeah, and it's not bad at all. It's smaller and easier to kind of handle than like a coffee pot. You have to deal with the water as much. Basically, just boil your water. You have coarse ground coffee beans, so like you got to ground yourself or you know get the coarse ground beans, and then put put those in the uh, french press then pour your boiling water over that let it steep for five minutes or so as if it were a tea and it tastes better it's got much more of like an earthy 
Um, flavor. Yeah, like a robust flavor because it's pulling more of the caffeine, the flavor out from those beans because it's just sitting there soaking in it. Um, but yeah, and then I'll put that in a cup with all my fixings for Bulletproof Coffee and it's delicious, man. Highly hey, recommend man, Highly recommend it. Yeah. I've been, I've been meaning to get a coffee press. I, I, that's my next thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no, coffee's there's so many different ways to go about it and I love espresso as well. So, you know, I go to the coffee stands. We have a whole bunch of coffee stands here in Washington, so I'll get the espresso shots. Um, but those just get expensive, so I might have to invest in an espresso machine at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. But very cool, man. Very cool. So, so what? Uh, what's next for you as far as the? Um, we've been doing about a month. I'm gonna start increasing your cardio, so get ready for that. Um, but I've, I've I've been surprised, man. I've I've dropped your macros pretty consistently, uh, week by week, and you haven't gotten really hungry. Um, so that's good. That, that gives me more more room to work with, man. Because I'm gonna keep dropping them, you know. Because I'm getting kind of hungry now. So if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. No, I understand, man. What uh, are you have any preference towards your cardio? I was just gonna go with stairmaster with you. Uh, no, that's usually what I do. Stairmaster. Stairmaster. Cardio's cardio is kind of like pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of people try and get creative with it, incorporate hit and whatnot, which which I'm all for. I, I totally like all of them, but I don't mind cardio. Like I plug in a podcast or a, or something like that, audiobook, and I can jump on the stairmaster for 20 minutes, and that's like meditation for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do like to switch it up and like go for sprints, like hit outside or you know if i have a soccer game or a volleyball game stuff like that but um usually i just you know i don't mind the stairmaster that's what i've done the majority of the time yeah i would imagine so, you yeah. earn a lot of calories playing soccer yeah that's that's why i would have my sheet my refeeds or cheat days, yeah, yeah, on, soccer um, days. on those days because you know damage control it would i wouldn't mess myself up as much just because of all the exercise that i was doing on that day yeah for sure I'm excited, man. Like, we've been we've been working at it for a month. We got we got some good progress. We're gonna increase the cardio, keep dropping the macros, and then, um, you know, once you get a little leaner, I do want to start incorporating the refeeds too. I've I've got my next refeed on Tuesday, so I'm learning more about that every day. Um, so we'll start incorporating that in you as well. It'll be good. Yeah, um, yeah, and right now I don't feel like I need a refeed anyways. Yeah. That, that's that's another thing man a lot of people they they just they try and reward themselves before they've earned it or deserve it per se um but i mean dieting like dieting should be fun you know it should be but it it should be a little hard it should be a challenge because if it was easy uh hey, wait, why, <laughs> yeah and and why would your body why would your body have to adapt uh and like reset its homeostasis level if you weren't pushing it, you know, you got to push it a little bit. Yeah. You got to be a little hungry. Uh, you you got to work for it, you know. So yeah. it's got to be fun. You got to enjoy the process, but you got to realize that it's not going to be just a walk in the park, you know. Yeah, and that's what people got to realize, I feel, is it's a grind, you know, whether you want to admit it. Or, even if you do the perfect, you know, cut where your macros are on point every single week, you're still going to hit a point where it's got to be mentally challenged. Honestly, I feel like cutting is mentally challenging more than it is physically just because 
there comes a point where like you get so your body thinks it's starving sometimes, mm-hmm. and your and your brain plays so much games with you that you it makes you think that you deserve a cheat meal, or you deserve a two thousand more calories that day, or you know it's it's a mental game with yourself. Let's um, let's dive into like, this, man. You you got more time? Let's dive into this a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited to talk yeah. about this. Um, completely agree. Completely agree. And I don't know, like, what do you have any tricks that you use or incorporate to kind of like trick your mind or kind of like get back on track and get through to the next day? Like when I'm hungry or when I'm tired? Yeah, like when you're hungry, when you're like trying to convince yourself that you deserve a cheat meal, or when you're like just tired of the grind in general. Um, I just really think of so I just kind of look at my progress and I have to be very honest with myself or, you know, my brother's into lifting too. So like when I'm feeling like, oh, I need a cheat meal or reward and I want to convince myself that, it, that I don't, I ask him for his feedback and he's a lot more honest with me than I would be with myself sometimes, you know? So if he tells me, no, dude, like you're not as lean as you think you are, then that, that factor kind of tells me, okay, dude, like, you know, get back to it. You stop saying that you're, you know, you're rewarding yourself for something that you still haven't even achieved. So usually, I, I use my brother <laughs> um, as kind of like the way to get me back on track. Because anybody, people besides yourself are going to be more honest with you regarding your results, and you can be with yourself. Because you can trick yourself to think that you're making amazing progress, even if you're not. Yeah. So I use his perspective, and you know, if he tells me, you know what, you're not where you want to be yet. Then I use that as okay. Then I I still can't have a cheat meal, or I'm not gonna benefit from it. Because right. all you're doing when you have refeeds or cheat days when you're not supposed to is you're making yourself work harder for the next two weeks, three yeah. weeks. Absolutely. You're gonna just delay your progress. I mean, they are you know psychologically, it's good to have that you know caloric surplus and feel full that can you know benefit you, um, you know for the days to come when you're back on the the lower calories. But I mean. I, I I can't I can't stress enough how perception towards you know dieting nutrition and training and just health as a whole hugely impacts you know your day to day outlook and like the grind because I mean you and I, and this is something I've really been thinking of and been reflective of this past week especially so I'm I'm, I'm about to go deep with this one um, like. You have to be consistent over years and years and years with this sport and this lifestyle. Like you have to make it a lifestyle and you have to enjoy the process. Because if you don't, if you're miserable, then one, you're going to hate it day by day and it's just going to seem like a struggle and you're going to talk yourself out of it. But then two, I mean, if you're able to change the way you perceive it and think of it as like just another part of the day, just just like brushing your teeth or whatever, then it's basically tricking your head into and convincing itself that you're not even doing anything special in the first place. So what are you trying to reward yourself for? You know, and yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my head right now, especially like in contest prep mode. Every time I've done a prep, I've like found something else new about me and like changed my mentality or my mindset towards something. But like when you when you're prepping and you're doing something that you know 99% of the population isn't doing. When you're going to the gym every single day, when you're at a caloric deficit, when you're like hungry and you're craving something, but you're not allowing yourself to eat it, 
you like start feeling like you're a superhuman and like hardcore and at least I do and I, I start to you know reward myself where I shouldn't and I start beating myself up internally because I feel like well if I could be more hardcore you know I can go even harder I could be yeah. even stricter yada 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 but if I change my perception entirely and look at it like oh man this is just part of the day you're just having fun you know eat this food don't yeah. eat this food go to the gym just enjoy the process then it makes those temptations much less tempting you know yeah it's like I look at it this way like for any sport you know soccer football um, you have tryouts and nobody likes tryouts nobody likes sprinting all day they don't like you know running three miles all day but you have to do that to get to your goal of making the team right it's kind of the same thing with cutting you know nobody likes dieting nobody likes restricting their food having cravings but you have to do that in order to get what you want out of your body composition. It's it's kind yeah. of the same thing. And I don't look at like sheet meals or refeeds as a bad thing at all. I just feel like people overdo them. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, so you know, I, I know I know people that you know I've seen people that want to change their body, but they have you know they they cave into a whole pizza on Monday. And then they do awesome the whole week. And then on Saturday, they go back to eating another whole pizza. So, you know, it's just a matter of just getting your mentality straight. Like maybe once a week for some people works, you know, but you have to be honest with yourself. You know, um, if one cheat meal a week is not working for you, then you got to be honest with yourself and tell you this is not working for me. I feel like a lot of people just get comfortable with that. And that's why they stall. Their yeah. progress doesn't. Yeah, no, so it's just a matter of personal preference, I feel, and personal results. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is it is crazy how, you know, just trying to get to a new level in life, um, you know, how it how it affects you in, mentally in ways that you would never have imagined until you're yeah. in the moment and then you have to tackle how you, you know, handle that situation. Um it's interesting, it's fascinating to me. That's why I love I love seeing people go through, you know, struggles and trials and tribulations because seeing how they react and respond to it in the moment, I mean, you can learn more about a person in 15 minutes watching them go through a struggle than you could over five years of easiness, you know? So. And once you reach that goal, like, you feel so much, like, you look back and you're like, man, I can't believe I, I did that. I can't believe I dieted for four weeks or I can't believe I, I mean, for four months or I can't believe I got that promotion it's just if you stick with it but when you do achieve that goal it makes things a lot sat more satisfying you know yeah absolutely you have to have a strong why you know like what what it is what are you working for in the first place like if if your why is just simply to see the number on the scale move down that's probably not going to be enough of a why to be excited about cutting in the first place like whatever it is you're doing whether it's you know business or fitness or health or relationships you got to figure out what is the underlying motivation behind that and then enjoy every aspect of getting there the good the bad and the ugly you know and yeah like i people need to understand that the definition of healthy and fitness is different for every single person for some people all they want to do is you know be healthy and eat what they want other people they want to perform better in sports other people want to look a certain way so it's just 
not everybody has the same goal, and people need to realize that. Like if if their if their goal is to be healthy and eat whatever they want on the weekends, then you know, awesome for you, you know. But if your goal is to look better and you know increase performance in the gym, then awesome for them. So it's just everybody has different goals, and people need to realize that. You know, my goal is to you know lean down, but other people's goals might be to just get stronger or just be healthier. And yeah, of course. My way to reach my goal is a lot different than to just somebody that just wants to be healthy, yeah. you know. Um, and Absolutely. as long as they're happy, I feel like with their lifestyle, that that's what that's what matters. Yeah, I think you know? I think as long you no know, no matter what your goal is, as long as you're pushing the boundary, pushing the envelope, and trying to like stretch and grow as a human being, you know, that's that's the key right there. Yeah, and struggles help people with that. I feel like they kind of push you to be somebody that you didn't know you could be yeah struggles that's that's how it's all possible man you gotta have a struggle yeah for sure exactly well, luis on that note that's a good place that we're, we're just over an hour we just hit an hour mark on this podcast so how about we do this this, this was fun man i enjoyed this we'll have to do this again after another month of dieting and see see what your takes yeah. are on everything see where i'm at <laughs> yeah see where see where things are going um cool well, cool, man. What where can people go to uh, connect with you and find you on social media and whatnot? Um, so my Instagram is uh, Tavi Fit, as in like T A V I, and then just the word Fit at the end. Um, my Snapchat is El Davison underscore ten. Um, and yeah, I, that's all I have. I don't have a Facebook anymore or anything like that. So I usually just use Instagram. Um, Snapchat. I am using Snapchat as a way to show people like weekly progress of cutting the natural, like naturally. So, um, I ha- and Instagram as well. So I'm using both as just platforms to kind of show people that it is slow progress when it comes down to cutting, but I'm showing like, you know, weekly progress, how much my weight di- differentiates, stuff like that. So I'm using that to kind of just show people that you can't just reach it in three months like a lot of people have yeah. you know, a mindset of that. So I am using those as just a guideline for people to kind of get an idea of what a real cutting face looks like for just a natural lifter. Yes, indeed. That's, that's, that's what people need to see too, like realistic expectations for someone that's not using, you know, performance-sensing drugs or what, what can be achieved naturally through just nutrition alone. Because, I mean... I don't have you on hardly any supplements right now. I'm not taking hardly any supplements right now. You don't need, you know, a cabinet full of supplements to to get. The I'm results. taking creatine. That's yeah. it. Yeah, creatine. That's basically all. I'm taking creatine and branch chains, and then salt. <laughs> you know, just yeah. sodium. I I ask Himalayan salt to everything. But yeah, that's what people need to realize. That, you know, a lot of people. The first thing they ask is, what supplements do I get? Like, what kind of fat burners? Like, I feel like that's the last thing that you should worry about. It's about getting your nutrition and your workout, you know, in check before you even think about supplements. Because honestly, I feel like just creatine alone, like that's honestly all the all the supplement that you need. Yeah, protein if you like flavor, but people spend too much money on supplements. People spend way too much money on supplements, but that's a whole other like, podcast entirely, right there. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Right. Very cool, very cool. We'll, we will do this again for sure, man. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you, man. I'll be in touch with you from a client 
coach perspective, and we'll get those macros dropped. So get excited about that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Until next time, man. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode with Luis. He is making some serious progress, and I'm excited for him. Uh, just a quick business plug here. If y'all are interested in coaching, feel free to contact me at ketosavage.com. I have spots available. Also, definitely follow his progress on the included Instagram and Snapchat social media platforms. Um, and I certainly do appreciate it. All the support y'all bring to me. If you would please be so kind as to give me a uh, rating in iTunes, I would certainly appreciate it. Be honest with it. Um, I am always open to suggestions. So if you have anything that you'd like to add or inquire about, feel free to contact me. If you would like to be on the podcast or know somebody that would, feel free to contact me. I certainly appreciate it, everyone. Have a good one.